Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. What are the consequences if Trump wins the GOP nomination in 2024? And what in the hell is going on at Northwestern? All this for Truth or Fiction Tuesday right here on Critical Thinking. So Andrew Coppins is out this week. Um, I'm filling in for him. I, Pat Oney, his co-host, will be filling in for him all week long um, as he's taking some much-deserved family time and time off up in his home state of Wisconsin. Um, that being said, there will be no Rumble video this week. You can still go to our Rumble page, though, and subscribe, rate, review, like, share, comment, do all the things on our previous shows anyway. Um, and we really would appreciate if you would go and subscribe and share the content as well. All you need to do is go to rumble.com backslash critical thinking um, and find us there. Um, if you are just a listener, you're not, not really into the whole rumble thing. You just listen to in your car or while you're working out at the gym or wherever you may be. Um, we pretty much are on any podcasting platform that you can think of. And if we're not, let us know because we do want to be there. So that being said, if you are a listener, rate, review, like, share, all the stuff, especially the uh, rating and reviewing, because that helps the um, algorithm that gods and like Andrew, I, I have a fragile male ego and I want this show to grow. And um, by by you rating the show, you are uh, feeding into our egos a bit since we are the number one critically critical thinking show in the world, independently reviewed, by the way, not by us. So uh, do check us out. Please share with friends and family. Um, because that is how we help the show grow, and we do appreciate each and every one of you tuning in to us every day, Monday through Friday. That being said, today is a Truth or Fiction Tuesday. Andrew was kind enough to send me some Truth or Fiction statements. I have a couple of my own as well that I'm going to put out there, and we actually do have an audience member that decided to participate in my social media post last night um, about Truth or Fiction, and I, I will honor that by saying, as I said in, the, in my posts last night, that I would share any truth or fiction statements that were shared with me via social media. So I will, I will do that here in just a second. Um, also, we will do a Babylon Bee feature article, which I basically just choose whatever one I think is the funniest for the day, and also that is most relevant for, for the news of the day as well. Uh, we'll be doing that about halfway through the show. Without further ado, though, we will get into some truth or fiction, and we're going to start with Andrew's. Um, and we're going to start with both of his because he sent me two of them. And um, both of them are are sports related. 
And and so because I I know a lot, you know, tune in to this show specifically a lot for our political commentary. I thought we'd get the sports stuff out of the way first, just just to start things off a little bit more, uh, shall we say, lighthearted. So that being said, uh, his first truth or fiction. Uh, Northwestern won't have an FBS football team in five years. Now, for those that, that don't know what's going on, um, Northwestern is a Big Ten school that recently fired their head football coach, uh, Pat Fitzgerald, because of some hazing allegations and um, was consequently suspended originally, which we all knew was coming to, to being fired. Now, Say what you will about Northwestern. Um, say what you will about the Big Ten. We, we tend to feature the Big Ten a lot on the show, especially when we talk about sports, because Andrew and I are both from um, Big Ten states, me being from Ohio, him being from Wisconsin. Um, he's a big Wisconsin Badger fan. I'm a big Ohio State Buckeye fan. And so we, we, we like to talk Big Ten sports. So say what you want about Northwestern. Say what you want about Pat Fitzgerald. Now, for, for some history's sake here, and the recent what five six years uh, Northwestern made the Big Ten championship twice um, they won the Big Ten West and they played Ohio State both times lost to Ohio State both times um, but however they they did put up a good fight in both of those games or at least in the beginning of those games um, because Pat Fitzgerald usually does put together a halfway decent defense that being said I, I absolutely believe that Andrew's statement here about Northwestern not having an FBS football team in the next five years is 100% truth. Now, I don't know what, what will happen in terms of like what conference they'll end up in, but I do see them getting kicked out of the Big Ten, and here's why. Yes, Northwestern made the Big Ten championship um, in, in two years, uh, non-consecutive years. It, was, it went one year, missed a year, and then... Um, made it the next year. And in fact, I think that year in between, I think, don't quote me on this, I think they actually missed their bowl game the following year. And um, and if they didn't, if it wasn't that year, it was after the second time they, they made the Big Ten championship game. Northwestern, when, when I look at all the programs in the Big Ten, Northwestern has probably one of, if not the most mediocre program in the entire Big Ten. I used to say that about Rutgers, and Rutgers over the last couple of years has made, made some strides. Um, they've gotten a little bit closer to being bowl eligible in terms of a football team, which I, I don't know that they really belong in the Big Ten, at least in football. Um, I, I will say that much. But in, in basketball, uh, Rutgers has made a lot of improvements. Northwestern made the first their first Big Ten, uh, or not Big Ten, but the first NCAA tournament in basketball last year for the first time in forever. They have been a mediocre program in sports, period, um, for the last, I don't know, however long. Now, I'm not, and there are sports that you know, I'm sure that they have that I'm not as familiar with, but like the big ones like basketball and football, they've been mediocre at best. So I, I, don't, I don't know what they're going to do. And, and usually when you're going to compete in a, a Big Ten championship game, let alone a bowl game, um, if you're going to win those games, you you have to have a well-rounded team, in, in my humble opinion, okay? If you're going to make a national championship game or make the playoff, you have to have a very elite team. So, in other words, 
is your team able to play elite level offense and defense? It can't. You, you can't just be elite on one level or really good on one level and expect to win big games. I understand a lot of people out there have the philosophy of defenses win championships. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but if you actually pay attention to those games too, there's usually a fairly good amount of offense played. Now, if both defenses are good and they're just stifling each other's offense and stuff, yeah, you're right. Then, then, then whoever has the better defense at the end of the day will win. But if you have a well-rounded team, um, eventually that well-rounded team is ultimately what wins in the day. Generally speaking, Northwestern didn't make a bowl game last year. In fact, they had the worst record, I believe, in the Big Ten. I think they only won one or two games. I haven't looked this up to actually verify this, but this is, this is just going from memory. They they really didn't do much. I mean, they, they, they beat uh, Nebraska in London last year by probably a fluke accident. Um, Nebraska wasn't that good last year. They, they, they had a horrible head coach. Uh, the Northwestern, I think, was probably lucky to win that game. Um, this year, I don't know that Northwestern is going to do that much better. Looking at the Big Ten West, um, you've got Wisconsin and hiring... Um, oh, gosh, why why am I blanking on this guy's name? Uh, Luke Fickle. Um, I shouldn't blank on that because you know he was uh, Ohio State originally. Um, but Wisconsin having Luke Fickle and likely going to be turning that program around real fast. Um, I expect Wisconsin to be an actual uh, contender in the Big Ten West and um, potentially winning the Big Ten West. In fact, they're one of the ones I would pick to win that. Uh, the other one I would actually pick is probably Nebraska as well. And maybe, depending on if Minnesota can stay healthy, maybe Minnesota as well, um, I think are, are probably the, the three big contenders out of the Big Ten West. And then I think your dark horse is going to be Illinois. Um, so Because Illinois was, was making some strides last year. And so depending on how, how well Illinois can compete with those three, with three schools, um, I, I think Illinois could be a dark horse in that Big Ten West. Now, that puts Northwestern, I think, towards the bottom of the barrel, if not the bottom of the barrel, in the entire Big Ten. With losing Pat Fitzgerald, um, who is probably the best coach that they've had in a while, um, and rightfully so, they probably should have gotten rid of him years ago. And be, just because, again, they're, they're settling, they're, they are settling for mediocrity. That it is a program that has been selling for mediocrity because they haven't really been. They they can get bowl eligible in the Big Ten a lot of times by the skin of their teeth. It seems like I I just I don't see them rebounding from this anytime soon. I think they are one of the weaker programs in terms of sports all in all in the Big Ten. And then when you look at the Big Ten, just adding USC and UCLA and potentially adding some other schools here very very soon. Um, what place does Northwestern have in the Big Ten? I would even go as far as to say, what place does schools like Rutgers have in the Big Ten, too? Because I think they are also fairly mediocre, even though they've made improvements in recent years. I, I just don't see... I don't see the Big Ten settling for, for the mediocrity, and they, they want to bring in real high-level schools that, that, that get good recruiting, that are able to compete each year and, and bring challenges to, to, um, to programs like Ohio State and Michigan. 
um, because those those have been really the, the the two of the most dominant forces in the entire Big Ten. Sorry, Andrew, but Wisconsin just hasn't quite been there, despite they've also made some Big Ten championships and just haven't been able to convert like they should because they should be an elite program. Penn State should be an elite program in the Big Ten, but they haven't been able to quite able to get over that hump. They aren't mediocre programs by any means. Neither one of those are mediocre programs, but they are just slightly under elite in the Big Ten. I mean, it's it's just, I just don't see with, with, with programs like that that are growing, that are turning around, that can actually compete, and then also bringing in new blood like USC and UCLA, I don't see Northwestern having a place in the Big Ten anytime soon. Um, and, and according to Andrew, I think he thinks this is truth as well because they will likely kick – the Big Ten will likely kick them out if they don't upgrade or replace Ryan Field. And that's the other thing too. I've not been to Ryan Field. Um, I know – if I remember correctly, they had some specs to – um, create a new stadium for Northwestern in in some near future. If unless they can get that program turned around and make it attractive for players to actually come and play, um, I just don't see it. And you would think you would think being in, you know not not far away from Chicago that that they could be a, a decent destination for some talent, but um, I, I just I don't see it. I don't I don't see anyone coming in there anytime soon and able to really cultivate talent. But time will tell if I'm right or wrong on this. I, I just, I think they are absolutely the biggest mediocre team in the Big Ten right now. And they they have settled, that program has settled for mediocrity despite making a couple of Big Ten championships, which they got lucky, by the way. Um, I, I I think they are ultimately have just settled for mediocrity. They, they, they haven't been able to even remotely get to an elite level to to truly, I think, compete um, at the level that I think the Big Ten would want them to compete at. So I, I actually think that's 100% truth. All right, so we'll go with Andrew's second truth or fiction. Uh, and this is also sports-related. He said college football won't be associated with the NCAA in the next decade. Um. I think this is also a pretty simple one too. I think this is this is a hundred percent truth, um, and, and and the reason why is because of the NIL. Um, I think I think there there is there is that factor. Um, I you know that being competitive, and then also having other alternatives to get into the sport. You have like the XFL. I, I just think there are going to be multiple avenues other than the NCAA to to get to the NFL, first of all. So what, what good is the, the NCAA um, going to provide? Um, and I just I just think if, if colleges are going to compete and, and to get student-athletes, a lot of it's going to be on this whole NIL, how much they can pay players, how well they can develop players. I, I just don't see the NCAA being necessary. So th- that that's where I we come down on. I think that's 100% truth as well. Again, time will tell if we're right or wrong on this. Um you know, if if the NCAA can adapt, you know, that they they might have a ch- a chance. Now what would that look like? I I don't know. 
Um, Andrew's more of the sports expert in this area. He might know because he he did work for Bleacher Report. He did a lot of, st- of, of sports reporting in the Big Ten um, for a while. He, he might have more of an insight there. I'm just a guy that watches a lot of sports, specifically Big Ten sports, so I know a lot of stuff. Um, I, I know a lot to be dangerous in this particular area, but Andrew is really the true expert because I think he has more of a, some inside sources as to what's going on um, within the NCAA, um, and specifically with his sources in the Big Ten. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had more of an insight there. And when he's back next week, maybe he'll, he'll give more of a, uh, an insight on that too. But I, I do think that that's 100% true. That being said, it is time to get into the featured article from the Babylon Bee of the day. And this is just an article that I chose. Um, but before I do, coffeebrandcoffee.com, folks. Um, I'm not a morning person. I, I've actually been, you know, when we generally record these shows, it's it's in the early morning. Um, it's about 6 a.m. for me when we re- record these shows. I'm not an early morning person. Um, being that I am um, LDS, I belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I don't drink coffee. I, I really wish that we could sometimes. I really do. Um, because I think that would help me be a morning person. However, I am not even remotely a morning person. So you could probably hear a little bit of a pep in my voice because I'm actually doing this, um, later in the day. And, you know, so I, I'm, I'm a little bit more awake and alert and things like that. Um, and Andrew just likes to do it in the morning because he actually is a morning person. He does drink coffee and he ultimately likes to make fun of me in the morning too, because I'm not I'm I'm the complete antithesis of him in the mornings, and it's 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 actually kind of a funny dynamic. But if you need a good morning pick me up, and you're a coffee drinker, go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. And here's why here here's the real reason why because there's a lot of great coffee companies out there. We've talked extensively on this show about doing business with those that won't insult you, that won't insult your values, and doing business with with those that don't give a crap about your politics. They just want to make a great product and give it to you in exchange for money. They don't care about what your politics are. You have no idea what their politics are just because that's that's the way that they do business. It's 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 not it's not someone that you have to worry about doing something that is going to insult your values because that's not what they are are about. They don't care about your vote. They just care about your dollars. They care about you thinking that they give out a great product. That is why we push Coffee Brand Coffee so hard on this show is because they really do give out a great product. Now, if you're not a coffee drinker like me, they have other options. They have tea. They have hot chocolate. Now, I've tried their hot chocolate. Granted, I'm not drinking it now because it's summertime, but getting into like the, the late fall, winter time, um, I, I have close to a cup a day just because especially if I go outside and I, I have to take care of any snow in my driveway, there is nothing like spending some time outside when it's really cold outside than coming inside and warming yourself up to a nice cup of hot chocolate. All you need to do if you need that morning pick-me-up or you just want to try some of their other stuff, all you need to do 
is go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, use the promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout, and you'll get 5% off your purchase. By the way, it's not a one-time deal. You can keep doing this. All you, So go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout, and you'll get 5% off your purchase today. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com, promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout. You'll get 5% off your purchase today. Okay. Today's Babylon B article. After discovering, or, or today's headline, I should say, after discovering cocaine in the White House, Biden promises to fix immigration, inflation, the Ukraine war, student debt, climate change, hotel fees, infrastructure, balance the budget, and redesign the Rose Garden by 4 a.m. tomorrow. In a sudden flurry of moves declared by members of the administration to be total coincidence, in the wake of cocaine being discovered in the White House, President Joe Biden has promised to fix the immigration issues at the southern border, reduce inflation, end the Ukraine-Russia war, eliminate student debt, reverse climate change, eradicate hotel junk fees, fund all new infrastructure initiatives, balance the national budget, and redesign the White House Rose Garden by 4 a.m. tomorrow morning. Listen up, folks. Biden said frantically with wide-open bloodshot eyes. It's sniff. Time to stop fiddling around with the malarkey and get down to business. I have uh, authorized an administration to immediately get to the work on a member of, of, importantly, of important projects. We'll have everything completely fixed before the the sun comes up tomorrow i've i've never felt so alive in my whole life (laughs) tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts good news ad free listening is available on amazon music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your prime membership stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the amazon music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free that's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Uh, congressional Republicans express a suspicion that the president's burst of energy. It's very unlike unlike President Biden to show such vigor. World Senate minority leader and cocaine expert Mitch McConnell. I'm used to seeing this type of behavior, but not from Joe Biden. Other members of the Biden family, yes. Various members of Congress, absolutely. The riff-raff limit, limit lining and, and streets of every city in America, certainly. But President Biden has, hasn't had this much energy since the Nixon administration. At publishing time, uh, top officials of the Biden administration were scrambling to keep up with President Biden, who was reportedly last seen sprinting from the White House to the Texas-Mexico border on foot. <coughs> this is a great. I, I, I love the satire here because this is just great, sat, just great comedy on what's been going on in the White House and the fact that they found cocaine in the White House last week. And then everybody freaking out. Oh, it's Hunter Biden. It's Hunter Biden. Now, I, of course, I made this joke, too, because um, we know that Hunter Biden's been involved with cocaine before. We know that uh, that this president and this administration and the DOJ seem to be hell-bent on making sure that Hunter gets off clean on everything um, and to keep him out of prison and jail and 
all that sort of fun stuff. And also just kind of cover this administration's ass um, from any other investigation. <coughs> that being said, it's a dumb story. Um, it, it, it's, it's important for us to know that, yeah, that this is happening, but we don't even know who it belongs to. We don't know that it's Hunter Biden. And in, in my opinion, he's innocent until proven guilty. Now, is it very possible? Sure. Could it be Joe Biden's cocaine? Sure, it could be. Why was there cocaine in the White House in the first place? I think that's the question we're all asking right now. But here we are. And I guess let's just grab some popcorn, sit back and watch and see what happens with this um, and see if anything actually of substance comes out of it. But let's be honest. Even if something came out of it, do you really think anyone's going to do anything about it? I certainly don't trust the GOP to do so. So why, why bother? I, I, I think nothing will happen from it anyway, regardless of who it belongs to. And if it's some low-level person, then no one's going to care. That's the unfortunate part of this. No one's really going to care. So, all right. Um, before I get into my truth or fiction, I will share the uh, truth or fiction that I got from um, an audience member. His name is Perry. Uh, he says, uh, truth or fiction, men can give birth to babies. Now, I think he's being facetious here in his uh, truth or fiction because um, we all know that that's 100% fiction. Anybody who's ever been um, in a basic biology 101 class or even high school biology, or, or heck, even just elementary science knows that men can't have babies. There are those that are able to get pregnant, and that would be women. There are those that are able to impregnate, that would be men. This is fiction. Thank you for the snarkiness of this truth or fiction. Um, I appreciate it. However, 100% fiction, we're moving on. Um, all right, so my truth or fiction. Um, and this is going to get into some presidential politics. Um, in fact, in fact, both of my truth or fictions will get into some presidential politics. Um, truth or fiction, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy offering people 10% commission on money that they raised for his presidential campaign is an ingenious move. It's an ingenious move to to motivate people and to fundamentally raise some money for your campaign so that way you're not having to front the bill. And which, I mean, we all know that he could. I mean, he's certainly wealthy enough that he, he could pretty much finance his entire campaign himself. And I believe he has fun, funded a lot of it. Um, but I think this is a great way to motivate your staff. However... It seems to me like this is being perceived in such a way that, well, if he could just raise more money, he could he could be a leader in this presidential race. I don't think that's true. Don't get me wrong. As someone that's been in campaign politics before, fundraising is incredibly important. Being able to put ads out there to market yourself um, and, and then to uh, also be able to say why you're better than your opponent through any kind of negative ads because there has to be a good um, uh, ratio of positive to negative ads uh, 
Um, you want to you, people want to know why they should vote for you and why they shouldn't vote for your opponent. Um, that that's kind of the fundamental premise of of both there. Um, however, you also have to be likable. Um, so it doesn't really matter how much money that you can just raise for a campaign. You can raise tons and tons and tons of money. I mean, look at um, Francis Beto O'Rourke in, in in the last election. He was someone that everyone thought was going to be a front runner in in the um, Democratic primaries. And he raised a lot of money relatively quickly when he first announced that he was going to run for president. And then he dropped out fairly early on. And um, so that that being said, money is not necessarily the answer um, to 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 running a campaign. Um, you have to be able to to be likable, to get people to like you, to get people to uh, understand where you stand on policies and fundamentally agree with where you stand on at least most of your policies um, t- to be able to earn their vote. I don't know that Vivek Ramaswamy is doing that. Um, he, he's certainly done a lot of questionable things for me, said a lot of questionable things for me. I know he has for Andrew as well. Now, I said early on when he first announced that he's someone worth listening to and someone at least worth hearing out. Um, I'm, I'm less convinced of that now than I was then just based upon what has come out from his campaign. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can see where some people might think this is a genius thing. I'm, I'm ultimately just going to go with fiction. Um, I, I don't, I don't think that this is necessarily the smartest thing ever, but I, I guess we'll see what happens in the coming months. We'll see what happens in the debates. If he's able to to be successful in fundraising and and keep making the debate stage and ultimately getting votes in the primary, um, we'll see how all that translates. But I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't foresee this being the thing that uh, uh, he thinks it's going to be. All right. So <clears throat> my final truth or fiction is going to be um, truth or fiction. Uh, if Donald Trump wins the GOP nomination in 2024, there will be catastrophic consequences. Um, and I'm going to say truth. And a large part of this is comes from a tweet that I found. I don't agree with all of it, but I do agree with some of it. I think this is a very interesting take on, on, um, if Donald Trump where to win the GOP nomination. And so here's, here's some of the consequences I think that will happen. Um, if he were to win the GOP nomination. And that is, um, he will get fewer votes than he did in 2020. I absolutely think that's 100% truth. If if you're looking at what's going on with him right now, a lot of people are losing trust in Donald Trump. Specifically people that are just out, uh, that are outside of his base. His base is going to be there, I think, no matter what. But you need more than just your base. You need some independent voters um, to be able to back you up. Um, other demographics. I, I, I just... He, he did really well with Hispanics by comparison to previous GOP nominees in the past in 2020. Will he now? I, I don't know. Um, I, I doubt it. I, I think he's going to lose a lot of votes. I, I certainly, uh, as of right now, probably will not be voting for him regardless um, because I, I think we deserve better as a country. I didn't vote for him in 2016. I voted for him in 2020. 
um, because he was certainly the better alternative to the geriatric delinquent that we have now in the office. Um, and, and he was able to prove himself with a lot of things with me in terms of his record in, um, in his first term. Um, but there are a lot of things that Donald Trump has not answered for, mainly Operation Warp Speed and how he handled COVID. Or do we have any assurances that he's not going to surrender his presidency again? We have all this classified document stuff that's still up in the air. Um, you know, we have all of his legal stuff that, that is all up in the air. And if any of it's actually legally true, then no, he shouldn't be president in the first place. And that that, that just makes the office lose more integrity. Um, and, and we really need to instore some integrity within um, our, our elected officials and our elected offices um, because people just do not trust elections right now to begin with. So, yeah, I, I do think he gets fewer votes. I think he's going to become less likable. He's less trustworthy than he was um, 2020 and then prior to even 2020. Um, and a lot of people didn't trust him then either. A lot of people, especially in the last election, if they voted for him, I know a lot of people that just held their nose and hit his name because they did not want a geriatric delinquent that was ultimately unfit for the office uh, to begin with in, the, in Joe Biden. So, um, yeah, I, I don't see him getting any any uh, more votes than he did in 2020. That's for sure. Um, and, unless some some kind of miracle turns around where he can garner those votes and, and make people trust him or at least give them a reason to hold their noses again. Um, I, I don't see that happening. Uh, the next point is he will get fewer electoral votes than he did in 2020, not picking back up any state he lost and losing somewhere he shouldn't like North Carolina. Memory serves right in, in the 2020 election, North Carolina was actually much closer um, than what it probably should have been. So yeah, I could totally see him losing something like North Carolina. Um, with the way Arizona has been going, I don't see him picking up Arizona. I don't see him picking up Wisconsin or Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, he might win states like Florida or Ohio, which really aren't swing states anymore. Um, the swing states are the ones I just mentioned. Michigan will be another one. I, I, I don't see it. I think there's a lot of distrust within those states. I mean, Look at what just happened in, in the 2022 election cycle. The GOP put up some crappy candidates to begin with. I don't know that they're going to put up any better candidates within those states in, in the next year um, for the 2024 election. I, I don't see that happening either. Um, and if Trump endorses them, is, is that a, um, a poison pill for them as well? And, and uh, Time, time will remain to be seen on that too. I, I just don't, I, I, I think he will lose more of the electoral vote than not. I think Joe, like if Joe Biden is, is the, is the nominee and Donald Trump is the nominee again, I think Joe Biden probably gets more electoral votes than Donald Trump. But again, there's a lot of unknowns over the next two years. So, and I've made the mistake of, Oh, this is what will happen in my predictions before. I think this is what is likely to happen. Will it happen? Again, time will tell. But I think I think that there there will be some consequences in the in the electoral side of things for Trump. Uh, the GOP will lose the House, um, considering the slim majority that they have. I don't know. 
I don't know that I agree with this one. Um, it's certainly possible, but it's also possible that they gain some seats. I, I, I think the electoral, uh, well, that's for the Senate. The electoral map for the Senate is a little bit more favorable for the GOP, I think, in this next election. Um, I don't know that it, you know, in terms of the with the House, I, there's a very good chance the GOP could lose the House. I mean, Kevin McCarthy has been fundamentally not that effective as a speaker and has caved into a lot of the Biden policies like we thought he would. He just, I, to me, this has nothing to do with, this has less to do with Donald Trump than it has to do with the actual Republican leaders in the House. So we'll see, we'll see what that happens. Uh, the Senate, which w- should be an easy pickup for the GOP this cycle, will become a toss-up. It will, re- if, if it remains Democratic hands, uh, look for another push to eliminate the filibuster with Manchin gone. If that happens, all bets are off. Uh, that's certainly possible. Um, it should be uh, more favorable for the GOP, but it could be a toss-up. Specifically, what just happened in this last election, that's possible. Um, and again, I think a lot of Trump endorsements have become poison pills. If, I mean, if you look at all of his endorsements, the most successful one, I think, in recent in the recent couple of years is J.D. Vance. Everybody else lost because the GOP keeps putting up bad candidates. It's probably less to do with a Trump endorsement than it is just actually having a really bad candidate. And also Trump just endorsing really bad candidates. Uh, I think there are better candidates for him to endorse than, say, someone like Amendment Oz. Um, but here we are. Uh, Democrats will go on with their prosecutions, ensuring Trump will be in prison by the end of 2025. Guys, they will get him in prison as soon as possible. I don't know that it'll be by the end of 2025. I think it depends on how his his pending trials go um, and what kind of evidence comes out. They will try to make him um, ineligible in 2024. So if they could put him in prison um, by by. 2024 sometime that's when it'll happen i i don't see this going to 2025 this will go much sooner if democrats can pull this off uh the administrative state will continue unabated um with or with trump i think that that's true um so i don't i don't know if that's that's necessarily an, uh, a consequence of trump getting the nomination uh democrats may also pick up replacements for clarence thomas and samuel Alito. again this isn't it, if Democrats were to win the 2024 election, this is why I don't like this statement. If they were to win the election, whether Trump is the nominee or not, this is true anyway, because both Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito are getting up there in years. That's true anyway. So that to me, that that is an, uh, uh, partially fiction in this case, because I, I just don't see where, where Donald Trump necessarily fits into that. Um, now, Donald Trump has had at least an okay record at picking justices um, on the Supreme Court. But uh, does it matter if Trump wins or not if if the Democrats are going to uh, replace Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito if they win? Absolutely they will. It, it, it's going to happen anyway if they win. Um, with the 5-4 SCOTUS majority, leftists will redefine the meaning of every freedom you hold dear. Uh, there will be nothing to be holding them back. Again, absolutely true regardless of donald trump this has nothing to do with donald trump this has everything to do if democrats win in 2024 that has nothing to do with if trump is the nominee it just has to do with do democrats win or do they not 
If Ron DeSantis is the nominee and he loses and Democrats win, this happens anyway. If uh, Tim Scott wins and this ha- and, and the Democrats win, this happens anyway. Nikki Haley happens anyway. It doesn't matter if it's Donald Trump. Um, of course, door number two would be nominating someone who can actually win the general. That I mean, that's true. Don't don't get me wrong. <clears throat> Um, I, I think I think there are better candidates on this stage already than, than Donald Trump. There are better alternatives to Donald Trump. Um, the question is, can they win? I, I think there's really only one guy right now that, that, that has proven that he can win because of what he's done in the state of Florida. Not because he's some great politician. It's his record that speaks for him. That's why he would win. That's why Ron DeSantis would win the nomination is if people let his record speak. Um, and, and that he can show that, Hey, I can deliver, which he is showing that, but how clouded is he going to be by Donald Trump and, you know, bases being split and, and primaries being split. I, I, I think this is going to be an ugly primary. It is going to be something that we're all going to want to get some popcorn and just watch, um, and, and watch the, the impending bloodbath that, that will ensue, um, because it's going to get ugly, um, in, in a perfect world, it shouldn't, but it will. It will get ugly. Um, are there unintended consequences? Are, are there severe consequences if Donald Trump becomes the nominee in 2024? Or, um, Yeah, yeah, I do believe that. Um, I, I do believe that, that that is truth. I do believe that, yeah, he probably won't get as many votes. He probably won't pick up as many electoral votes. Um, but ultimately, as a whole... Um, the consequences, whether or not Donald Trump wins or not, the nomination, are the same. They are the absolute same. So the only real consequences is if you don't put up if you don't put up somebody other than Donald Trump as the as the nominee, the GOP will lose votes. And likely likely have be a toss up in the House and a toss up in the Senate for the GOP at best. At best. So, ultimately, I think the whole, as a whole, the statement is fiction, but there are truth elements to it. So, I'm, I'm ultimately going to go with fiction on this as I, as I critically think through this real time. That being said, that'll do it for today's show. Uh, I will be back tomorrow with some WTF. We're just going to do straight WTF tomorrow, by the way. We're not, I'm not even going to, to do any like major deep dives unless something like huge breaks overnight. Um, it's just going to be straight WTF stories tomorrow, and we're just going to have some fun. Um, I'm Pat Oni, filling in for Andrew Coppins this week on Critical Thinking. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no, and the GOP sucks. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.